Right outside of Zapita in the Russian Hill neighborhood of San Francisco, I'm Schmitty and this is Talkin' Schmidt. Today on the show is Satva Leung. Satva spent some time in Mendocino County. He spent more time filming and even more time on his board. He was on Toy Machine and had a part in their epic video, Welcome to Hell. He kick-started his filming career with Bryce Knights at Thrasher and quickly had his stress levels challenged when Bryce left, forcing him to edit raw in the comfort of my attic in Burlingame. With Bryce, we, we would go into like North Beach, this plush editing suite, like, you know, snacks you know like kickback bryce is just directing like this other editor Aww. on this like super nice machine and i'm like yeah this is nice and like you know it was like sweet and then bryce left and then schmitty's an addict and i was like wow i i missed the bryce days <laughs> also it's the week before christmas kids so hunker down be safe and fuck it support what i'm doing with a purchase we got shirts, we got hats, we got stickers, and we are always down to make you smile. It's TalkinSchmidt.com, and we're on the internet. Come see us! And now, without further ado... Check one, two, check one, two. This is Sop, Sop Leung, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Schmitty! It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old college try right here. Our big dog's in. What do you think, Schmitty? 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. John, Schmitty. Talking Schmitt. He's so fucking different. <laughs> Shit my pants, lad. You roll the decks, it's fucking deep. Are you ready? Come on, Schmitt. I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! All right, we're in the SFC. We got Sapa Leung for you today, kids. Hello, Internet. <laughs> Hanging out here uh, in Inner Richmond. Damn, how are you? Good, man. Yeah, good to see you, man. When do you think the last time we saw each other? Was it that uh, attic when we were editing the uh, Raw video? <laughs> that was the first time we saw each <laughs> Just other. Kidding. What was that? Four, four gigs of RAM on your computer? <laughs> <laughs> think I got highs editing that Raw video? <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's been a while. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I was wondering if we've seen each other since one of the last times i remember seeing you was at a sodi party with the ramp oh. and you were like doing a documentary or something you were with a film crew i think okay it was, oh uh, chris cole oh right 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 at uh, fort mason Fort mason yeah. yeah i think i was doing some video content for um uh, vimby video in my backyard yeah. oh okay oh yeah and i remember that night because i got to interview uh tony hawk like you just get a couple sound bites under the ramp yeah and actually that's like kind of the first time i think i actually talked to him so i was kind of like you know starstruck a little yeah <laughs> tony hawk yeah. bird man yeah oh so yeah that's yeah it's been a while man um i'm still skating yeah <laughs> front nose uh I, I skate waller three four days a week you know still yeah got, still got nolly back tails <laughs> they got a good double-sided curve there now Sick. i think uh thanks is it is it jack that's been putting all that stuff i down think there? so jack yeah. and thanks all. jack keep it up man yeah i uh i slathered that double-sided curb up with wax the other day getting my my feeble rock feebles on <laughs> you sneak into amoeba for a little bit and then head out over there 
Uh, no, Amoeba's taken too much of my money. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to get money back from them, like sell some you records. You've been selling shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to downsize. I, I got to do that too. I probably have 5,000 records. I'm trying to get it down to 2,000. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I probably have 500. I'm trying to get down to 200. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to buy some records? <laughs> no. Were you born up in Humboldt? Uh, so I was actually, we moved up to uh, Mendocino um, when I was like, I want to say like one or two, like as a baby. But I was actually born in uh, Riverside, East LA, Homes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Riverside. My grandma lived, my Chinese grandma lived in Riverside, California. So I was actually born there. But then soon after, parents were hippies, had the VW bus, moved up to Mendo and... Uh, yeah, I was up in Mendocino for until about fifth grade, and then moved further up to Arcata, Trinidad area. Yeah. How many reggae on the rivers did you do? I only did one, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was like, I don't know, 15 maybe, uh -huh. or 16. And, you know, even back then, the tickets, like, it's, it's not cheap ticket, you know, <laughs> to get yeah. into that thing. But they had under... 12 years old, you get in for a dollar. Oh. Uh, and I looked kind of young still. So I managed to still, like pull off the under 12 for a dollar. So yeah, that was fun. That's rad. <laughs> when did you discover skateboarding? So I think I didn't really, really start skating until I was about eight, which was like, I guess, 84. I want to say a couple years before that. I think my mom bought me, uh, or bought a banana board, the plastic kind of banana board, like a blue one at a garage sale in, in uh, Mendocino. Uh, so I was, you know, I'd roll around the, our little deck on that. But then, like, come like eight years old, um, I, you know, got a Tommy Guerrero with the flames. Ah. And, uh, you know, at the time, actually, my dad had this uh, computer store in Fort Bragg. And we called the software store. And me and my stepbrother convinced him to sell skateboards also in the store. So he like opened up, uh, it was like computer slash skate shop, you know, in the 80s. <laughs> 80s computer nerds with 80s punk rock skateboarders. It was pretty classic. So, but it was cool because I, I get some, you know, I'd get some boards from him. So it was great. Um, but I, I remember that Tommy Guerrero and I remember, um, you know, cutting the grip tape out to match the flaming dagger. And it took like hours and I just like, yeah, but yeah, Damn. old man, old man. Yeah. I, got <laughs> I wish I still had that board, man. I got that one on my wall. Do you? Yeah. All right, I'll buy it for you. <laughs> Trade it for 20 records. Tommy, give me a board. They're like reissuing all those boards now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You probably just buy one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think you can get them from PAL. It's like records, right? Do you want the original or do you want the yeah, re yeah. reissue? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just want a new one on my wall. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to come in and go, that's nah, weak. That's a reissue. <laughs> so were you up there when you got good or? So, yeah. So we moved it from Mendocino in fifth grade, moved up to Trinidad, which is north of oh, okay. Arcata. Yeah. Small little fishing village. There's like nothing there to skate, man. Right. Uh, and I actually surfed more at that point from like kind of sixth through eighth grade because we live right by the water and, you know. Uh, and then, like high school, I kind of started skating more again. What mill wetsuit were you wearing up there? <laughs> yeah, booties, <laughs> yeah, gloves, yeah. five mil, man. It's like Alaska up there. Woo! But I remember a funny story on the surfboard. I like, you know, one of the my mom's friends. I was doing like gardening work for her, and and you know, she like 
didn't pay me in cash. And I was like, I'm humble. Like, she's like, here, I'll give you this surfboard. And she like gave me this like twin fin board. And I remember I was so stoked and I just like paddled out, no wetsuit. I was kind of hypothermia. I was like, okay, I guess I need to get a wetsuit. But, um, but yeah, so come high school, definitely started skating more. It was like launch ramp days. And like, I remember just skating launch ramps uh, with like Josh B and Mitch, and all these guys up in Arcata. And they were kind of the older, like high school kids. And so they, I was kind of the you know, freshman. They took me under their wing. And so that was cool. Um, you know, I could skate with the older kids. Junior, senior year, we had a multimedia class. And that, that, that's actually how I, I kind of learned about editing and, and filming. Oh. Yeah, this is Mr. Renwick, thank you. <laughs> uh, it was funny because it was like kind of after lunch, total like the stoner class. People go in there just like, do claymation videos. <laughs> just oh, like yeah. All, all the Heshers Stop in there. Motion. Yeah, just just hang out. Like, you could do anything. But <laughs> but somehow this guy had decent gear. Like, I guess high eight to high eight editing, or maybe it was like the mini VHS, you know, that expanded into the VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember the, those? That's what we did damage with. Yeah. He had a deck-to-deck editing system, so I learned how to do some editing. And, and we could actually even skate in the parking lot at, at Arcata High kind of film, film some tricks and like go back and you know, make little edits and you know the, the teacher was really cool he wasn't just about okay learn how to use some of this gear but he's like okay how can you apply this to real life we like made the sponsor videos and we sent it off i think we sent it off i th- we i sent a sponsor video to new school i don't know it, w- it wasn't full sponsorship it was like yeah you're on the b team you can buy a wholesale from us and uh, so I, I was like it was, it was like something you we'll know give you a coup, uh, <laughs> yeah. code to punch yeah you. yeah okay cool I, I get discount you know but but the teacher was happy he's like cool see yeah kind of made an example of us see they're not just getting stone wicked claymation videos in the, in the corner they're actually doing something <laughs> so yeah and then come 18 uh you know i was like okay i gotta get out of arcada <laughs> Josh B was a skateboarder that like I looked up to back then. He had moved down to San Francisco already, and so I was kind of like, hey, I want to come down <laughs> the fire station across the street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, I want to come down to SF, and I actually was going to SF State for a little while, but then you know soon dropped out to pursue skateboarding. Huh. Um, yeah. So that's kind of I made the move down originally, kind of going to state, but but just was. Uh, just so happy to be down here. I'd come down to San Francisco from in the summers, like 16, 17, 18, and stay with my uncle in the Castro and just like skate in Barcadero all summer. So that was 92, 91, 92, 93. I was down here for the whole summer. Wow. Just like go kick it, skate EMB all, all, all summer, yeah. Okay. So I kind of already knew the city, um, but then when I finally moved down here, you know, I was going to state just over it, you know, like I just wanted to skate. I could finally got out of Humboldt and, uh, and you know, basically kind of a dream scenario one evening was skating down there and jamie thomas saw me skating and asked me if i had any sponsors i was like no and it was like hey i want to give you some boards and so that kind of led to being sponsored it was you know the the dream scenario you know when jamie was living down there or later so jamie had i think already moved down south and started getting involved with toy machine exactly okay but I had seen him before when I was coming down in the summers, you know, prior to before he had gotten oh, involved right. with Toy Machine. Yeah. So at that stage, were you still continuing the filming and editing thing as like a hobby type thing from your school? Or did you get back into it once you kind of got in like sponsor and stuff? Yeah. So 18, when I moved down, um, 
Yeah, I think I still had a VX1000. And then um, I'd always skate with the Russian twins. And the Russian twins, Alex and George Tarakov <laughs> present. Shout so, out. And then Serge Chakrif. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, Russian twins had a, had a Sony camera. I think they like, I think they stole it. Sorry, throwing you under the bus. <laughs> I think they stole it from like, I don't know. But anyways, they had a good Sony camera. So we, they would always be filming. And so I was filming. We'd film each other. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, we would, you know, make little sponsor me tapes. And, uh, you know, that's why I was asking you about the, the height deck. Like, oh, I got all these tapes, man. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, watch these tapes. But anyways, yeah, so we, we were filming. And I think once I started getting flow, you know, from Toy Machine, then it was like, okay, I got to skate more versus filming more. But I still liked it, you know. I still liked filming. And, you know, just like kind of part of skateboarding back then. You, you, you just, kind of got to film and yeah i <laughs> know how to film yeah you know well it, it keeps uh, an extra spot in the car for you too yeah exactly if you're, if you're on the bubble yeah. and you got the camera you're in yeah <laughs> but, but yeah but speaking of the russian twins like there's some funny stories of those guys man i had a lot of fun skating with those guys we just always skate in barcadero and just like train like Today we train switch flip and just like do switch flips all day long. <laughs> they just like have all these crazy tactics. And Embarcadero, like I remember, they would take their old boards and then like sand down the edges, spray paint it, sticker it up, put some new bolts in, and then like resell those used boards for like 20, 25 bucks. And just like Embarco tricks, I would see them just, just to get money, you know? It was classic. Uh, yeah, I just I just remember just hanging out with those guys a lot. Yeah, for sure. Did you see anybody get ganked down there? You see any oh, crazy yeah, shit going yeah. on? Yeah. I mean, I almost got jacked, I remember, one time. Yeah. I think not after I, not when I moved down, but like when I was like 16, 17, I think I, I rolled up to Embarco one night with like, you know, brand new Mike Carroll board, just brand new setup. I was stoked to be in the city and... You know, some like thug dude saw me and like, chased me down Market Street, and yeah, I battled it out and kept my board. Uh-huh. You know, um, but I, I've definitely I've seen it go down where you know they do the trick. You know, tourist kid rolls up. Oh, let me let me check out your board. They just like skate off with it, and like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna name any names. Yeah, Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you meet Bryce and get? started with that stuff. With, with Thrasher, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... I can't remember how, where, where exactly I met him, but with, I remember just doing, like, a checkout with him, you know? Uh, for the for, mag? For the mag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I met him just Russian Twins or Embarcadero or something. I don't know. Somehow through that. Through, through that. But, yeah, I don't even... I can't remember, man. Sorry, Bryce. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, yeah, basically, I think I... Was was struggling in the city, you know. Toy machine wasn't paying me much, you know. I'm, I'm working at Za Pizza. Yeah, you, you gotta do something else Zah. to like, you know, pay the rent in the city. You know, it's not like it is now. It's crazy. So I started working at Thrasher, filming and editing their videos, and that was nice to have just like a little kind of buffer to uh, help pay the bills living in the city. What yeah. was the first video? Yeah, so first video we did was a uh, raw that was your well, first video well editing oh yeah yeah officially you okay know? yeah yeah, yeah. You, had, you had filmed for prior videos not nothing like official though oh really oh yeah yeah oh. I, it was like sponsor me videos i thought you like, were kind of the old veteran coming into the war zone <laughs> no man i mean that was the first official video that i was like you know oh. yeah 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 I would say like skate and destroy, definitely something to be proud of. Like that yeah. video. I was I was stoked on on putting that. That out. one came later. Yeah, that one came later. 
Um, and there was a bunch of Thrasher videos that I was doing. Like, I want to say, was it like 95 to 96 I was working at Thrasher? Because I think by 97, I, I think Dan Libby took over. Yeah, yeah. probably. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean... So yeah, yeah, that's when Bryce was there, and it was it was cool working with him. So what happened? You get a phone call from Bryce or Fausto or whatever, and they're like, "You got to go down to Berlin game." Like, how did that all happen? God, I, yeah, I can't remember. I think I, I had just like kind of gotten the gig there, and they're like, "All right, cool, your first assignment. Go go edit this video." And I'm like, and I, you know, I had done some editing, you know, at my house in high school, so. But then, yeah. So we, was it? So wait, was it your garage? It, I'm your it, addict, or was yeah. it George Zawanich? It, it was mine. It was your addict. So yeah. it was in Schmitty's attic. This crazy old computer, PC. Oh <laughs> yeah. man! I think four gigs of RAM. What was it? Was it Media Composer we were on? I don't know. It, it was, was crazy. I think it was maybe Avid. Yeah, or I think I think it was Avid Media Composer. Okay. And, uh, and uh and just it was just crazy that was the craziest editing <laughs> experience of my life no, it was called yeah. rendering yeah yeah <laughs> i think well i was sleeping there in the attic right yeah, i was sleeping there you know i mean like 18 19 like whatever like woo! i'm like working with thrash i'm gonna sleep in the attic and edit for two weeks and, and paul called me and he was like hey Fausto needs somebody to edit the next video. Are you down? I was like, huh? <laughs> and he's like, we just got to go buy an external hard drive for yeah. your computer. We yeah. can figure it out. We'll figure and it I was out. like, huh? And I was like, I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I yeah. don't know if we got this. Yeah, yeah. And that was just crazy. And that was at the same time that you guys were kind of wrapping up the Toy Machine video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, Jump Off a Building, right? Or I think Welcome so. Hell. I think, I think it was Welcome Hell. Um, but but anyways, one. but but back to uh, raw, right? It was raw, right? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, had yeah, to yeah, call yeah, it yeah, raw. Yeah, 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 it was raw. But it was um, back then editing. So you would do all this work, and if your computer would crash, like it did, <laughs> all the work would just get deleted. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just so insane. We were like, you know, we had like no RAM on this computer, nothing. Uh, it was just crazy. We do all this work. Oh, we got this good edit and then crash. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. And I remember after two weeks, like at one point, I had got hives. I've never gotten hives from ever, <laughs> but raw gave me hives. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the crazy experience. But we got it done. You know, it was yeah. great. You know, and that was a good like jump in. And it was, it was, so this was actually kind of funny because so this was prior. Bryce, I think, had already left. Yeah, actually, so, you're right. He and did. so when I first started with Bryce, we, we would go into like North Beach, this plush editing suite, you know, snacks, you yeah. know, like kickback. Bryce is just directing like this other editor uh -huh. on this like super nice machine. And I'm like, yeah, this is nice. And like, you know, it was like sweet. And then Bryce left and I guess Luke took over. Right. Right. Ogden. Um, and then, and then Schmitty's uh, attic and I was like, wow, I, I missed the Bryce days, <laughs> but, but it was cool. You know, it was a good experience and just like, it was a good, like just crunch time and just get it done, man. Yeah. And that was kind of, that might've been the world's introduction to, um, Roger Foster. Yep. Cairo. Yeah. Roger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cairo. I met him, I guess, I guess through Dan Libby, huh. I think. Uh -huh. And yeah, we, we skate together a lot. We'd all, all just posse up and 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 yeah when i was filming yeah for thrasher it was just like so good to like i get so much footage with him footage mm -hmm. with him like you just go out for a day and you just kill it you know, i like, think he had like Cairo. almost a full part in that video yeah like there yeah. weren't really parts it was mostly montages but kairos was very substantial yeah, yeah. 
Cairo, and then um, uh, oh, I remember skating a lot with like Ray Chavez. Oh and, yeah, uh, Joel Valdez. Valdez, those guys would just kill it, just blaze out of their minds, <laughs> skating down the avenues, and just Ooh. like oh god. Speaking of which, I remember being at Hubba Hideout, like when I was actually was sponsored with, with Jamie and. I remember, I guess it was Sean Mitchell. I think he was on Acid. Uh, I think it was that day, like, B.A., Brian Anderson filmed, like, some lines at Hubba. One of the Toy Machine videos. I'm, I'm kind of lost. It's all blur, man. But anyways, J- Sean Mitchell was there on Acid. And, you know, he was, like, doing some weird manual on, like, you know how the hideout goes up the stairs and it's flat and then it goes up again. Somehow, like, manualing the whole edge of the the bridge like on acid. Oh, like, dude, damn. Doing, <laughs> Those guys loved yeah. acid. Another acid story for talking Schmidt. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're going to do a best of acid at the end of the year. Back to that first time when me and Bryce went into the edit suite in North Beach, it kind of like sparked in my mind like, wow, this is cool. I want to like continue to pursue editing mm-hmm. and video production. Just And I'm sure this, this, this studio is not there anymore. And, you know, editing has changed from, from back then to now. Um, but it was definitely like in, in, inspiring seeing that. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, BK. Shout out. Damn. Yeah, Bryce <laughs> definitely opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Do you remember the process of that toy machine video in contrast to like... Which, I always, wait, which video? It's the one where Muska was going to have a party. Yeah, Welcome to Hell. Welcome to yeah. Hell. It was the first, it was basically, I'm pretty sure it's your first part in a non-thrasher video. Yeah, well, Heavy Metal was like a mini part. Okay. And uh, But this video. was a very yeah, highly yeah. anticipated yeah, yeah, yeah. video. Yeah. Everyone knew like Jamie's going to have an epic part. Yeah. Muska was supposed to. And so there's this, I always thought like there's this huge, like this is like the cream of the crop video and then on the other hand we got raw <laughs> <laughs> right so, yeah and you were dealing with both those at the same time and i thought like man this guy's probably going back to jamie and going dude you cannot believe what is going on <laughs> on this other thing <laughs> well jamie could believe because he you know he lived in the city he yeah knew, you know what was going on over there but but so 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 welcome to house so like a bunch of stuff going on. I mean, so first off, just to kind of throw it out there, Jamie had always told me, hey, you know, I'm going to come up to the city. I'm going to stay for a few months. We're going to film a proper part. So that's kind of always in the back of my head. Uh I get the phone call. He's like, hey, I'm flying down to San Diego. You got two weeks to film your part. I'm like, what? I thought you were going to like come up here. Like that's why a lot of my footage in Welcome Hell is in San Diego. Because ah. I filmed like the majority of it in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I wasn't fully involved with the full production of Welcome to Hell. Okay. Know? Um so anyways, I had some footage up here, like probably filmed with like Russian twins or other filmers. Um, went down San Diego, cranked out that part. But yeah, I remember the day of the premiere. There was all this drama with Again, once again, the freaking computer crashing. And okay. and Jamie, like, we couldn't export it. It kept crashing. It kept crashing. So, like, you know, we were doing everything we could, and it, it just wasn't happening. You know, like, And so we're, we're watching the clock as it goes down. You know, the premieres, I don't know, I'm guessing at 6 o'clock at night, and it's like, you know, 4, 4.30 or 5 or something. And, like, 
okay, it's just not going to happen. And so, and, you know, we're up maybe 30, 40 minutes from, from uh, was it La Paloma? Is the big San Diego yeah, theater? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. La Paloma? I think so, yeah. I can't remember the name. And so uh, we got to go. And this is around like kind of five o'clock traffic. And so it's like bumper to bumper. We're like, okay, great. We're going to be, we're going to be late to the premiere. I remember Jamie driving on the shoulder of like down the freeway passing cars like 10 miles <laughs> bumper to bumper he just like fuck it yeah all the way to the premiere get there yeah then musk is all like faded off goldschlager and there's all that drama and he blows up and i ed, on you know ed tells him sorry man there's not going to be any premiere and and so then he just yeah blows up on ed and just totally like disrespects ed and then you know that led to um him getting kicked off like ed just couldn't you know have that yeah disrespectfulness <laughs> in this public place and yeah. just like you know yeah like, you know man so you know so he got kicked off and then uh so I they re shorties or something is that what happened I don't yeah, know. yeah he went to shorties yeah but so, then they re-edited the video without yeah, his part exactly yeah just crazy times filming with jamie because you know i would go down there i was trying to film my part but then jamie like had all these tricks and so like a lot of times i'd be like He'd be like, okay, we're going to go, you know, you got to film me and I'll go to some crazy handrails. And like, that was just insane because he'd do shit first try. And I'm like, I hope I got it, man. Yeah. You know, like filming, you're like, you like it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like take a little longer, like, right. so you, can, you know, like figure out your angle and, and whatnot. And so that was pretty intense filming him. Um, but also like, you know, super inspirational, like, like definitely want to thank jamie thomas for everything like you guys super inspiring totally hooked me up i got a couple clips i want to remind you of yeah there's this one i'm pretty sure you filmed it you're at fort miley and phil shao grinds the uh top bar yep jesus man i mean that was just probably one of the gnarliest things i've seen I remember you on the on the streamings podcast you asked him what was the gnarliest thing you mentioned you seen and you mentioned the the loop at uh, Tampa. Shit. Yeah. And so that was definitely on par for sure. Yeah. D- like a different scenario. Like the loop was like probably definitely in some of the gnarliest things I've ever seen because you're just like, is someone going to die today? Right. But anyways, back to Phil Shaw. So w- I was with Luke and um, it was just like very casual. Like Luke's like, uh, you know, you know, Luke's just mellow. I'm going to go uh, take some photos of Phil Shaw, Fort Marley. Oh, okay, cool. I, th- I think the gnarliest thing, like the, the grind was gnarly. Like that was definitely insane. But I think the gnarliest thing for me that day was watching Phil warm up at Fort Miley. Like just like huge ollies over the hip, just getting kind of warmed up. Just watching him warm up was just like, was like so magical that day. And then, uh, and then, yeah, when he grinded, he did it like pretty easy. Cause I remember it was kind of like at dusk and the light was going down. Yeah. And he just like yeah he just grinded it i just remember like being under there and getting it and it was it was like fairly mellow even though it was so gnarly at the time but i just i remember him like watching him warm up and it was just like that was just awesome so i was alluding to something else but maybe you didn't film because phil had to do it twice Right. Because the first time Drahobo got in front of the camera, <laughs> I thought maybe you, maybe, maybe Whiteley filmed that one and then he went back and you filmed yeah, it. Yeah. Cause I think it was just me, Luke, and Phil that day. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it, there's a video and Drahobo comes right across okay. as he's grinding and Drahobo's <laughs> looking at the camera like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I loved filming Jeroboam too, like in the Thrasher videos. That's so fun, man. Um, Welfare banks. Yeah, Welfare China banks. Like I remember, like right when I moved down to the city, kind of ninety, you know, ninety four. Um, and I knew Joel Price from Santa Rosa, right. and Joel knew like Matt and Dan because, like, I guess he was on Think. And I remember going over Matt Pale's like big weed smoker, you know, coming from Humboldt. Uh-huh. It? Oh yeah, so I think I like had I would do trades with Pales. Like he traded me his canoe board, you know, for some dank. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and so that was cool. Like, Did he give it me complete? I think he skated it for a day, so I was like even like kind of stoked too because like you know oh, I got Pales' board. Right. But uh, but I remember it was like pretty like big and like super concave and like like smaller boards and stuff. <laughs> but it was cool like i was stoked i also remember so this i'm just kind of like thinking about all the, like the hand-me-downs i would get um i remember the mcgrath house um dennis mcgrath drake jones yeah uh god who else was it? marcus mcbride marcus. uh Jesse McMillan. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, I worked with at Lyft, <laughs> HQ. <laughs> Jesse McMillan, creative director at Lyft. Wow. <laughs> he was my boss at one point. Um, but uh, but anyways, we would we would go over there. I think this is like, I guess want to say like 95-ish. And so I didn't have a shoe sponsor at the time. And I would, I think like Drake Jones would either, he's probably selling to me, but he might be, maybe he gave me some shoes. But I'm a nine and a half and Drake Jones is like 11 and a half. And Drake at the time was like sponsored, like getting shoes from every shoe company. He had like, you know, the ES, like S, Sal Barbies. And I'd always get those off him because I love those Sal Barbie mm. shoes. But I think he had like DCs and like, I don't know. He was like milking it. Yeah. You can Drake, milking it, man. <laughs> but I was like so stoked. And like, that was like the tongue type days where you'd like stuff your shoe with tongues, uh-huh. extra tongues. You know, so I would like get his size 11 and a half or like stuff him with tongues, maybe put another new, another insole in there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hype, I got Drake Jones's shoes. And like, yeah, it was like classic, man. Right. Yeah, the hand-me-downs. How did, do you remember how you and Strubing met? Dude, I, I don't remember, man. <laughs> yeah, like, Probably just skating. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But just in the city, just being in the city. You know, Jaya and Kit and all them yep. on, on, uh, on Guerrero, rest in peace, uh, too. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was through those guys. We used to skate with Strubin a lot. Yeah, Strubin. Shout out. Strubs. We were we were like the party guys, too. Like, I remember just, like, good times with Strubin, like, like on the weekends. You know, it'd always be a battle between me and him who had the best, like, house parties. Like, this uh-huh. is the 90s. Like, I'd call Strubin, like, you know, this is no texting, but, you know, <laughs> call, uh, hey, hey. You got, you, got, you got any parties? I'm like, oh, I got a couple. Okay, right, we'll go to we'll go to your party first, and then we'll go to this one next. Like Western Edition mission. Like we just like be on the party mission with Strubing. You, you, you know, you know the party mission with Strubing. You, you've done it. He, Strubing's still on that mission. Yeah, he's still going. That guy's like the Energizer Rabbit. Yeah, and uh, I've been trying to learn um, butter knives on the double sided curb, curb at Waller, Ooh. but it's hard. <laughs> so Strubing. Come show me how to do it. The butter knife is insane. <laughs> I filmed him doing one in uh, L.A. like a year or two ago, and I was like, "Nice, yeah, that's good." What from the old days when you first came till now? What's one spot or two spots you wish was still around in the city? Brown Marble, uh, <laughs> definitely uh, love that place. And then, I mean, let's see. 
Yeah, the old Union Square was good. Brown Marble. Um, mm. I would say those two places, yeah. Did you clock a lot of time at Pier 7? I mean, I definitely did. Um, I would say I would go to other places more than maybe others. I wouldn't just go there all day long every, every would, weekend. Would you say you <laughs> skated there more or filmed there more? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I would say it would be like more of like a meetup spot. Like, right. let's meet up there. Maybe, yeah, film someone and then yeah. go somewhere else. Yeah. I spent a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob Welsh had me down there a lot. Yeah. Then Henry and then, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So when did you kind of start getting more serious about the DJ stuff? So that was be like early 2000s. I mean, yeah, I was like definitely hustling at one point. I was, I was like a full-time DJ. I was DJing. I'd have like three gigs a week. Like I was DJing. You had I milk, think. right? So yeah, I DJ milk. I remember the hush hush, like in the mission. Yeah. And um was it DeBose? Uh it was yeah, right there. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, I think it's uh actually fourteenth maybe. Or it was fourteenth, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh it's actually right by where Strubing lived. Yeah, exactly. But I think I had like a no, I had Wednesday night at the beauty bar in the mission. Uh, and I think I had Thursday night at Hush Hush. And then Friday, I was DJing up at Rosewood in North Beach. Oh, damn. And then like Saturday, maybe like once or twice a month at Milk. It was just like, yeah, man, it was, I mean, DJ was, it was great. Come on with all this cash. Like, it's like stripper money. You just have this like pile of cash. Like, How does it like, work? Do they pay you like a set fee and then you get tips? Or? So, so it varies. Some places they give you bar percentage. So a lot of people drink, you uh, make more money. Uh-huh. And so that would be the places that wouldn't have a, a cover charge. Um, other places you get a set, set fee, you know, a few hundred bucks. But then I started actually throwing my own parties at clubs, like 111 Mina, Club 6. You know, we would do um, like MC battles, Freestyle Olympics, you know, just all kinds of club events, um, kind of do some video premieres, sure. mix, maybe do some uh, art openings. like. And in that scenario, you'd have a cover charge. You could charge 10 bucks at the door and, you know, you can make like a G a night, you know, like that's when it gets into real stripper money, you know, wow. like, you just like, come on, like this pile of cash. But yeah, so at one point, you know, I was like DJing, you know. You're running Judas skateboards or, or, or was pro at the time, you know, like, you know, filming, DJing, skateboarding. It was just like, just going crazy. But damn. Yeah. Did you ever valet park? Never valeted. No. no. You, did you? you no, no, I you didn't. Did? Okay. Um, that was like, uh, I know a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Who is it? Elias. Uh, Elias. And yeah. then. Roughneck, Roughneck. Johnny Roughneck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Roughneck. <laughs> so, what was up with Judah? Yeah, so Judah, so kind of moving back to kind of Toy Machine, you know, as Am, wanted to turn pro, living in the city, you know, working at Za, like, come on, Ed, like, can I go pro anytime, man? What's up, man? Struggling, you know? And, um, you know, Maple, uh, Steve Benson calls me up, like, you know, hey, man, want to, like, maybe see if you want to ride for Maple, man, turn you pro. I'm like, I'm like, all right, yeah. How much are you gonna pay me? They throw out some money towards me. I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta survive. So like, I, I made the switch, got on Maple, eventually then got on Dynasty, and then eventually, uh, Watson Wood just like shut down. Prior to them shutting down, I was on Dynasty for a while, and they're like, hey, do you want to do your own company? You know, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? You know, like, you know, me being the entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do it. So yeah, I started Judah. 
But then eventually, yeah, Watson just shut down and they're like, all right, we're going to shut it down. Actually, Brad Dorfman uh, from, you know, Vision, was it Select Distribution? Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, he's interested in Judah. And I'm like, oh, Dorfman? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Uh, We're shady stories, but, uh, you know, but I can either just can it or I can still at least keep it going for a little while, kind of figure out what I'm going to do next, you yeah. know? And so I let Dorfman kind of take it over and just did it for like, I don't know, less than a year and, and then just like call it quits. It got to a point where I was just like, oh, I'm done with it. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun run for a sec, you know, um, I think just the whole like Watson would going down and just kind of get in it shuffled over to select. It just wasn't the best, you know, scenario. <laughs> and so then after that, I had gotten a gig team managing at Richter and Mob at NHS. Mm. And so I was team I team managed from like I think 2005, 2007. And at the same time, I was doing uh streets this, the video series Streets. Mm-hmm. So we'd break down cities all around the world. There's streets, you know, SF, LA, New York, Barcelona. 30-minute episodes on Fuel TV. They were um, airing it and um, licensing off us, me and my partner, Stefan. And uh, that was great. That was like like being a professional skateboarder, you know, not making a lot of money, but getting to travel the world, skate, right. film. And so, yeah, I was doing Streets. DJing, running a skateboard company. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like crazy at one point. When I started team managing for Richter Mob, I remember doing Streets New York. And so that was kind of cool because I comboed it up to where I took the first grip tape tour, mob grip tour to New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a crazy tour. Jack Curtin, Kareem Campbell, Antoine Dixon, I think Enrique Lorenzo. Damn. Uh, who else was there? I don't know. It's probably someone else. I'm forgetting. Sorry. Yeah, I took the model to New York, uh, kind of on NHS's dime, but also was filming Streets New York, kind of featured those guys in, in Streets, you know, hey, it's, it's fuel TV coverage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a hustle, but, <laughs> you know, I, I found a way to kind of mix it all together, you know? Um, and then, like, the other Streets, that was a lot of fun, um, was Streets Barcelona, Oh, you know, good times out there with Gerard. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, we had an apartment down by the beach, just stayed a couple summers. And, oh, and this is this is a time when like Strubing was out there, too. He was with Ingrid oh, okay. at the time. They had that house and that was a lot of fun. Good times in Barcelona. This is like 2003, 2004. Uh-huh. Yeah, just so fun. It's kind of before Barcelona got before fully blown out. out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still, I'm sure, good. I haven't been there really since then. But oh. But yeah, just so many good memories doing streets and being out in Barcelona and yeah. So and then yeah, so come 2008, I want to say I was done with Richter Mob and kind of just like called it quits with the pro career and just started like working full time in, yeah. in video production. And that's what I do now. I mean, video producer, shooter, editor, just working in the city, a lot of freelance, uh, a lot of freelance. and yeah, a lot of stuff for like tech companies and whatnot, you know. So it pays, pays the bills. Yeah, is that stressful? Like, do you have any constants, or are you all? Is it a hustle? Uh, I mean, it's all it's a hustle still, but it's it's. I'm at a really good point right now. I'm like, I'm with a few different production companies that just give me steady work and, and just have a couple steady clients, and it's just it's great. Uh, you know, I got two kids, Mila and Maceo. Uh, shout out! Shout yeah. out! Uh, they're six and eight, and so it's like 
Freelance is great when it's steady. It, there's it's up to, there's ups and downs for sure, but I'm definitely right. at a point where I've been doing it for a while and I have steady clients and I'm in a good place. You know, okay. but it's great when freelance is good and um, you're raising a family. You know, I can go pick up the kids early. You know, go out, run around with them, and uh-huh. just be there uh, for them versus you know working at our nine to five and like never see your family. So yeah, yeah. Are you doing any editing or mostly filming or both little? shooting, editing, producing? Oh. Yeah. So doing it kind of all, um, which is, which is nice. I like that. It's like, you, you know, you can be editing for, you know, one project, then you're just like stuck in that dungeon. You don't see the light of day. Yeah. And then it's nice to get out, go film, exactly. be out, you know? So it's nice to kind of, and, and as a freelancer, you, you kind of got to wear multiple hats to get the work. You know, if you're just an editor, then it can be tough. If I was just an editor, I'd probably go work full, full time somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you usually work solo or do you have teams mostly? Both. Oh, yeah. Some, some, some sh- like shoots. Yeah. It'd be like five to 10 people. Um, other shoots could just be mean, like maybe a sound guy. So it depends. Just depends okay. on the job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to get a documentary going with Arco on China Banks. Cool. I know you had a pretty memorable moment there. When I got tackled? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what exactly happened? Yeah. So I guess we were filming for Welcome to Hell uh-huh. with Jamie. Was so Jamie the, filming? Jamie was filming. Yeah. Uh-huh. That day was crazy. That was the same day like we were at like California Street. I think Maldonado, like the backside with 80 California Street, I think. Oh. It was just crazy. That was psycho. I remember that. Yeah. Um, that street gap that's that not there gap. anymore. Yeah. That yeah. was. The, I think that was the same day that like Muska tried to tail slide Cardiel no slide and jacked his ankle. Oh. And then we ended up at, um, at China Banks. I was trying to do like a front side 5-0 grind over the bench to fakie like come and fakie over the bench and like i almost had it man i was coming so close and yeah that clip like i wish jamie would have played that clip let it start a little bit earlier because the craziest thing about that clip when i'm getting tackled by the cops is that you see me pushing and you see the cop kind of come behind me and and he's just running behind me for a while and like Jamie kind of put it in right when he tackled me. But you just see me like pushing, pushing, like la-di-da, going up to the banks. And you see this like Terminator cop just like chasing behind me, just like ready to just tackle me. And uh, you and had so, no idea he was there. Yeah. So what happened was we were skating the banks and there's that elevator at China Banks. There's an elevator you can go up from the, from, yep. the, from the bottom level. And as I was rolling in, you know, pushing full speed, the doors opened in the elevator. So he just saw me thinking that I was running from him. And so he just came out of the elevator and then started running towards me thinking I was running from him. And then, yeah, fully just like tackled me. And of course, Jamie's like, <laughs> Jamie like sees him running. And he just keeps filming. <laughs> he doesn't like kind of stop, like to, like wave me down, like stop. Like, yeah. I don't know. That was kind of funny. But yeah, so he like fully tackled me and like, I remember, yeah, I think Morford was there. And I just remember, yeah, just throwing me down and convinced I was running from him. Like, you're running from me, you little punk. And I'm like, dude, I wasn't running from you. If I I was running from him, why would I go try one last trick? Yeah. If I was running, I would just, would have just kept skating down the, you know, went into the hotel right there. But yeah, that was, that was crazy that day. Can you give me your height, Dex? I can dig up that footage. But actually, Jamie would have that footage. Oh, you won't? 
Because he, he was filming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got to hit Jamie. up Jamie. Yeah. Good luck on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But you, uh, you could always r- rip the clip, though, right? Yeah, but yeah. it would be sick to get the raw. It would like, be. Yeah. And, and anything else, just yeah. like to have extra yeah. stuff. Like, oh, you haven't seen this, though, or whatever. Well, if I ever buy this height camera off eBay, I'll yeah. be able to dig through my tapes and see if I like made a copy of it. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I would occasionally, I would try to like keep my footage. But right. if he if he made, I'll hit up Jamie. I yeah. know I talked to him a, a while back, and he was like, yeah. "Those tapes are uh, like it's gonna take me forever." And I was like, "Okay, but I'll, I'll, I'll go down there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when are they when are they set to demolish it? Do you I know? don't know. Okay. I've seen some sketches that show they're not gonna demolish okay. it, but they're just gonna add a bunch of planner boxes okay. to make it not skatable. Right. Right. But it still probably could be skatable just in a different way. I, I don't know. Okay. We'll see. I just want to do this because I was tripping story. out that I had like a bunch of footage. And it's always cool to like actually remind people of Phil because that was, yeah. I grew up with Phil and he's been gone forever. But like just the shit he did yeah. is still stands out in time, you know? For sure. But, Were you there that day when like, was it Timmy Kenny? Was yeah. Kelly and Drahobo? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm sure you've been there before with them, but yeah, I think that was that like was the, the Thrasher. Day. That that was like the day, right? Yeah, damaged was just, after yeah. credits or during credits. Dude, that was insane. Phil like tail slid it to yeah. Reaver and landed on the tranny coming in fakey. Like, yeah, perfect. It was yeah. like whoa. That day was insane. And I think talking to Drahobo, he said that he board slid over the bench that day. And no one had done anything on the lip over the bench at that right, time. Right. And after he did that, no one did anything on the lip over the bench for like 10 more years right, or something. Right. So it was like really Dude, impressive. That day was <laughs> and McKenny lip slid it. Yeah. It was like. I just it, remember that day. McKenny was just like destroying yeah. it. And I guess, yeah, Phil was there. And like, was even Duffy there that day? No. Was day. Duffy it was, was later. Day. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like maybe McGrath was there taking photos. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, it's foggy for sure. Yeah. Uh, somebody has a Matt O'Brien, I think, Nolly tail slide. Oh, that's sick. That's pretty cool. Over the bench? No. Oh, just, but just, yeah. But yeah, yeah on that's the sick. thing. That's Just crazy. some stuff that, like, doesn't really come to mind when you think of it. Like, here's some other, like, yeah. rad stuff. That's sick. Speaking of uh, Sean Mitchell and Valdez, oh. those guys have some sick China Banks footage. I remember, like, there's like at that weird corner. Dude, I have an hour interview t- with okay. Joel Valdez. Okay, cool. About him ollieing on the outside yeah, around the, the, the outer. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dude, psycho. So <laughs> insane. Yeah, that dude is, uh, he's in South City. He's like all yoked. Yeah, I think yeah. he does a lot of weightlifting. Yeah. But he sat down and we talked forever. It was <laughs> nice. in his mind, yeah, just like. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's he, like a trainer or something. Somebody, I don't know. Maybe. Like, okay. I think he just like he got married. He's been sober, and he's putting his you know the things that made you want to drink into like positive stuff. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. So. What about Tim McKenney? Yeah, Tim. Tim at man. First impressions with Tim McKenney. Great skater, great filmer, funny ass dude. Sopalung, Leung, excuse me, yeah. Anyways, uh, it's in the city, and it was actually the first impression of Cairo Foster, too. It was us three. I can't remember who else was there, but I remember meeting Cairo, 
uh, first impression was something calling him Chiroprontix. This is Chiroprontix. Thought that was hilarious. Next, we're at uh, China Banks. And Sof, I wish you could find the footy, dude. That was my first ever footy at China. Was you filming me grinding the top of it? And when I landed it, the look on Cairo's face was priceless. Because this is the techest dude in the world looking at me with mind-boggled eyes. And I remember that. I wish you could find that uh, footage, uh, Sapa. My first 50-50 grind on, on the top of China with you and, and Cairo. I uh, love you guys. Tim's in Pacifica. Oh, he's Pacifica? He, t- Tim? <laughs> Tim texts me every morning. Oh, sick. It's so sick. He starts skating again. He's like skating every day. He, uh, yeah. One more session on China Banks, Tim. Let's he want, it. he want, he's like, dude, I want the lip slide over the bench. <laughs> I was like, you better get it soon because I just seen some guy Smith ground over the bench. Oh, yeah. So sick. if somebody can do that, the lip nice. slide's next. Nice. So fun. Let's take a quick time out, hear from some of our peeps, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs. Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Well, if you get rid of all your records, you're getting rid of a lot of them. Is there four or five records or is there one record that you take to every like, is there some that are going with you to every DJ night? Um, I or do mean, you mix it up? I mean, is there one like I have to have this one? God, that's that's a tough question. It's, yeah, it's like you know, what's the normal trick you've ever seen? You know? Yeah, like who's your favorite skater? You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like, how it's I like stuff. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, so back to the DJ stuff. So like, I yeah, I was DJing with records like for a while, but then eventually I moved over to Serato, like the digital oh. program where you're still using two records uh-huh. but the records are are, are are just blank and they're just like reading the mp3 off your laptop so that's what all the djs use now oh. so you just bring your laptop you have your two records so you still have the vinyl feel but you're you're controlling all your music off your hard drive so yeah, that's yeah. why you can get rid of your records well i mean so back to like well, what was what would be the records i mean i i have so much like like 90s hip-hop like singles like oh, like mob deep like wu-tang uh-huh. all these like 90s hip-hop singles because like when you dj you want the single because you can get the instrumental right and then like um and so like i have tons of, like you know that would be like the crate more like the crater records i would save is like all that 90s hip-hop that um and it's like the singles that are like hard to find now oh um, yeah for sure um but like there's so much crap records I have because like when you're full-time DJ, like a lot of these clubs like want uh, you to play like the top 40 like crap, you know, like on the radio. Uh And so like you'd kind of like buy some of that, you know, those records, you know, but there's just like so much of it. It's like, like, you know, freaking like Nelly. It's just all these like cheesy, like, yeah. you know, record. One that, hit like, wonder. You know, like <laughs> that the club owner wants, but oh, you're right. never going to like, you know, 
hold on to it afterwards, you know. But I mean, but now, you know, I'll, I'll DJ like a couple times a year, like down at Madrone huh. over on like Fallon de Visito. Um, I'm like the fill-in DJ, like, okay. you know, like, oh yeah, someone can't make it. Can you fill it? <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's fun getting out there. I, I had to take a break. Like I took a break from, uh, when we had our kids, you know, like first kid, like, you know, record uh, DJ, uh, you know, lifestyle, you're coming home at three in the morning, you know, you have a baby, you yeah. wake up at six, like it just wasn't working with like right when her you know, first, uh, when Milo was born, she was a baby. I just like had to give it a break, you know, for sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, 90s hip hop would be the, uh, the crate I would keep. <laughs> nice. I mean, there's so many records I have. I just got to like dig through them and, you know, find those gems. I remember record shopping and in tampa more stories okay i'll keep going oh, on the record it. the record shopping so i remember being on tours toy machine ezekiel tour whatever any any tours and i would like you know go do the demo and then maybe go steal the van and go go record hunting after the demo was over oh. at back of the hotel like getting stoned or something i'm like okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna take the van and go over to the local record shop and go dig around and like you know i'd find crazy records like in like in europe or across yeah. the u.s and how do you do that do you have a suitcase or something that fits i records? mean i mean yeah i would like have how do you I travel would be kind of limited to i would just you know maybe buy a few you know what i mean huh. but like i remember one year at tampa like i think i went record hunting with i think darren navarette was it i don't know but there was like a crazy old record i guess it was a distributor but it was like a warehouse full of records i can't remember the name of it i think you know we were super hungover it was probably like a mons venus like mega party before (laughs) the night before and i think i think navarette like puked in the corner at the record (laughs) (laughs) warehouse like like oh sorry like he's like digging for like you know maiden records you know i'm looking for hip-hop yeah. records <laughs> i think he puked in the corner oh man <laughs> never <read. Shut> out. <laughs> but uh but uh, but that was a, that was a, that was a sick find because it was like this huge record warehouse just yeah i think i found some good shit there for sure that's rad <laughs> all right we gotta give a shout out to who who was the staff at za and oh, the there Oh, Zah, man. So, Brad Johnson. So, yeah, Brad, Nikel, Dennis, Carl. Who's in it? Uh, no, McGrath. Oh, Dennis McGrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Jason Whistler. Whistler. <laughs> Whistler might still be there. Oh. Matt Matt Jones. Uh-huh. Jake's brother. Um, Did Welch work there now? Probably. Yeah. Um, I was actually more at Little Zaw than the restaurant like oh. on, on uh, up on Hyde. Little Zaw was like the little small like hole in the wall um, on Polk Street. And uh, it was just like, you just sell slices, you know? Okay. But yeah, back to Little Zaw, like, I remember yeah, seeing like, yeah, I think Carl Watson in there, like doing Sick. art, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, Carl. Classic, yeah. Uh, did that bum you out on pizza? Did you stop eating pizza? Oh, hell no. I mean, this is like, so like, so I think I lived with Rob Welsh, um, Nikel, Jonah back then in the Zaw days. And like, you know, I would always bring home pizza, like, you know, and they'd be stuck. Never like, you know, that'd be like breakfast, you know, the yeah. day, next day, you know? Uh, so yeah, dude, huh. pesto, potato pesto, man. Yeah. But, uh, I but, love that one. But the, the owner at the time, I think Ziggy, he sold, he sold me his, piece of shit car 1979 dodge omni orange 250 bucks piece of shit like car but i was like oh 250 bucks whatever i'll take it stick shift i had it like for a couple two weeks maybe was 
Scott Surface from Canada, uh, old uh, skate snow snowboarder photographer, had come down and like was staying with me. And so he, he was like staying with me and we like drove it around a little bit. He, he shot some photos for Thrasher. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we went out one day with Ron Whaley. And Ron Whaley, like, kind of, we set like a little launch ramp and he like ollied kind of over the hood of the car and it was the cover of thrasher that, that was my that was, that was my that was, dodge omni <laughs> from zah wow claim to fame surface like he's like oh cool i can i use your car like to drive around yeah we, we so we shot that photo and he was leaving to fly back i don't know canada or something and he drove it all the way to thrasher to, like maybe drop off some photos probably of ron Wiley, like ah. ollie and you know that day and so i didn't really know how to drive stick i kind of drove it around the avenues Ooh. a little bit and so it's at thrasher and i so He's like, yeah, can you just you you can drive it home? I'm gonna go to the airport. I'm like, okay. And so like I kind of managed somehow to drive it from Thrasher to like Broadway and Columbus. And by the time I hit to Broadway and Columbus, I had just destroyed the gear, the linkage. I had like no gears at Broadway and Columbus. Fuck. On my way to work to Za, like late, calling them, hey, your, your freaking car broke down, Ziggy. <laughs> God damn it. Parked it at Broadway and Columbus, like in a scooter spot. You can get the ticket, tow it home to my, you know, in the avenues. Freaking ticket on it the next day. Ended up like selling it to the tow truck dump, you know, yard for like 50 bucks. <laughs> on the phone, they told me 50 bucks. They get to the house, they said, okay, I'll give you 25. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have a choice at that point. Like, just take it, man. Hey, it was on the cover of Thrasher. It was on the cover of Thrasher, but oh, man, it was the biggest lemon, man. (laughs) God damn it. What's your go-to for a burrito in the city? Dude, they're too expensive now, man. Jesus, man. It's like 12 bucks for a burrito now. It's like insane, (laughs) man. But, you know, like Strubin, I like Pancho Villa. I'm out here in the avenues, so... It's like Gordo's, you Gordo, know. Yeah, and you, you can still get a Gordo burrito for like nine bucks, you know. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm usually Gordo's. Uh, Papalote is good too, but yeah, but I like Pancho for sure. I like the yeah. salsa at Papalote. Yeah, that's good. a bomb yeah. one. All right, well, uh, let's take it out of here with maybe a classic '90s hip hop jam or something. Or what do you want to hear for the way out? Mob deep, shook ones. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Savas. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Peace. Peace. Yeah. To all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. For real, because who ain't got no feelings. Feelings. Check it out now. Stuck off the realness, we be the infamous, you heard of us Official Queensbridge murderers, the mob comes equipped for warfare Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share For all those who wanna profile and pose Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone You all alone in these streets, cousin Every man for themselves in his land, we be gunning And keep them shook crews running like they supposed to They come around, but they never come close to 
I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up With bullet holes and such Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched You can put your whole army against my team And I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing Your simple words just don't move me You're minor, we major You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player Don't make me have to call your name out Your crew is featherweight My gunshots will make you levitate I'm only 19, but my mind is older When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold Enough nigga deceased, another story gets told It ain't nothing really, and yo done sparked the Philly So I can get my mind off these yellow back niggas While they still alive, I don't know, go figure Meanwhile, back in Queens, the realness and foundation If I die, I couldn't choose a better location When the slugs penetrate, you feel a burning sensation Getting closer to God, in a tight situation now Take these words home and think it through Or the next rhyme I write might be about you Sunday show, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look, they shook Cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look Living the life that is diamonds and guns There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds Some get shot, locked down and turn nuns Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones Shook ones He ain't a crook, son He just a shook one For every rhyme I write, it's 25 the life There was so much to get to trust, safeguard in my life Ain't no time for hesitation, that only leads to incarceration You don't know me, there's no relation, Queensbridge Hell, you don't play, I don't got time for your petty thinking mind Son, I'm bigger than those, claiming that you pack heat But you're scared to hold, and once the smoke clears You'll be left with one and you don't 13 years in the projects, my mentality is what, kid? You talk a good one, but you don't want it Sometimes I wonder, do I deserve to live? Or am I going to burn the hell for all the Things I did, no time to dwell on that cause my brain reacts Front if you want, kid, lay on your back I don't fake jazz, kid, you know I bring it to your life Stay in a child's place, kid, you out of line Criminal minds thirsty for recognition I'm sipping, E and J got my mind flipping I'm bucking, digging my was out of hope for hustling Get that loot, kid, you know my function Cause long as I'm alive, I'm alive, illegal And once I get on them, I put on all my people's React with lyrics like Max, I hit your dome up When I roll up the beat, go sleep because I'm free Sunny show, this ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look, they shook This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look, they shook This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look, they shook This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Living the life that comes with guns There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds Some get shot, locked down, and turn guns Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones, shook ones He ain't a crook, son He's just a shook one Thank you for listening to another episode of Talkin' Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow up them charts. 
All the episodes will always remain free to my listeners, but if you'd like to help support the show, you can do so at our website, TalkinSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like stickers, beanies, t-shirts, or hats. The website has an entire archive of all the episodes with extra photos and video. You can also email me with any concerns, questions, suggestions, comments, etc. at TalkinSchmidt.com at gmail.com. That's Schmidt T-A-L-K-I-N-S-C-H-M-I-T at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by me, Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature, and a special shout-out goes to my executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Until next week, this is Talkin' Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Talkin' Schmidt, Talkin' Schmidt, Talkin' Schmidt. <laughs>